following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting <coughs> Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham. Welcome. Uh, lovely, lovely weather we're having, mashallah, although it's got a little bit overcast here in Birmingham at the moment. Welcome also to our Luton listeners tuned in on Inspire FM 105.1 and to anybody that is listening to us on the app or online. Welcome to you also in whatever part of the world that you are in. It's uh, been a beautiful, beautiful weekend here in Birmingham, mashallah. We couldn't believe the weather. <coughs> Absolutely unbelievable. I'll introduce my guest today because we're, we're going to talk about early years, but very early years from the beginning when you find out you're pregnant and what that means to you in relation to the red book that you carry around with you. So we have our resident health visitor with us as usual. Welcome, Alice. As-salam As-salam alaikum. Welcome, Salam Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you to the viewers. Good af- good evening. Good. Yes, indeed. And how was the weekend for you? What oh, was it's lovely. Mm. It was uh, yeah, it's lovely. And we were just looking at the weather earlier, and it's going to it's probably <coughs> going to be a bit showery tomorrow, mm. but then it's going to pick up again. So yeah, isn't it lovely? Everybody has a smile on their face. Yeah. It was just so beautiful to see it, and yeah. I think we're all recharged yeah. from that. Yeah, three days off, recharged days, and ready yeah. to go. <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, mm. Mashallah, usually bank holiday weekends, it's raining. But mm. at this time, it was we had that little heat yeah, wave, which yeah. was wonderful, mashallah. Yeah. I hope it wasn't too hot today for anybody doing exams, because I know there were a few people doing exams mm. today. It was a little bit hot still. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't feel it and they managed to get through the exams and they mm. will be successful, inshallah. And I hope it doesn't continue until Ramadan. <laughs> oh, inshallah. Hopefully in Ramadan it will be a It'll little be bit cooler. easier, inshallah. Especially the first few days days because yeah. I think the first few days it's hard to get mm. used to the fasting and if it's hot as well mm. it can be a bit hard yeah. with these long days. Mm. So what were you up to at the weekend? Would you have anything special? Well we had a little tour we had went to visit family mm-hmm. in London and on Sunday we were in Bradford so mm. yeah we we're having a bit of a day and we went to a barbecue yesterday Oh lovely, so it's yeah. a busy weekend. Yes this is lovely yeah, so running around. Oh, wonderful, yeah. so that was really nice indeed. Mm. Of course some of our listeners may have been involved in the Birmingham Marathon on Sunday yeah, because I know that <laughs> Team Approachable Parenting were there which mm-hmm. was mashallah for the first time for about 20 of us to take part in the wow. marathon it was a, a, a really big achievement for us mm-hmm. alhamdulillah to finish it and finished it all of us finished it in good time alhamdulillah also mashallah some yeah. people are running some people a bit more walking than running yeah. but everybody finished it which was really good even in that heat and it was 23, yeah. 24 degrees wow. actually it was 27 on my car when I came back yeah. very courageous degrees. and uh, how many miles was it Kathleen? it's 10k 10 so 10 kilometres which uh, I'm not sure how much that is in miles a nice mm-hmm little journey from Aston all the way to the park to um, Mm -hmm. in Edgbaston and then back again to Aston so it was really nice uh, mashallah they go off in phases so different runners go at different times and we were one of the last to to leave and start um, because I think we were new runners we were put towards the end which was a long time hanging around we had a few hours waiting and I think that didn't help us standing around waiting for it but um, once we got going, we really got into yeah. it. And I must say, well, Jews to good Jews to Birmingham itself and to everybody involved. Yeah. It was a lovely event. They had 
bands playing the whole way around, wow. really motivating us. Mm. People were there at every corner. Mm. There was the, the guards there, yes, really trying to motivate us. Come on, you're doing great. You've only got three kilometres left or two <laughs> kilometres left. And then the people themselves, mashallah, they were coming out with glasses yeah. of water. Wow. Their children were coming out with little spray guns. Do you oh. want to spray? It was really, really lovely. Oh. Really lovely. Really lovely atmosphere. Yeah. Wonderful, mashallah. I think next year we need more people out doing this. That was my next question. Would you do it again? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And actually there's one coming up in Spain in October half term. And they're trying to uh, get uh, some of the girls are organised and trying to get us all to go back again yeah. and go and do it. Yeah. So it is something definitely I would do again. And actually want to keep up even walking now on a more yeah. regular basis yeah. um, because I think it really has helped mm. me being out and uh, mm. you know we all need that we all need to be mm-hmm. conscious of our health and yeah. conscious of our bones and yeah. walking is really good it like is, that yeah. even if you're not able to run you can actually yeah. walk or you can walk most of it can run a little bit or, or walk at all yeah. you know um, yeah. I should do a little bit of uh, mostly walking but a little bit of running mm. indeed so I try to do a bit of quick walking Mm-hmm. And and I know that way I can keep up a pace, a quite yeah. a good pace. Um, and then did you all manage to stick together? No, we didn't because some of uh, the group went and started running. <laughs> yeah. Some of them have done it before and have been yeah. practicing, so yeah. they, they were really yeah. competitive and wanted yeah. to beat their time. Um, some of the young girls, first time doing it, but they wanted to see how yeah. far they got. Yeah. Um, some of some of our colleagues actually are suffering today from <laughs> aches and pains yeah. and can't move in the seats, but uh, I'm, I didn't, uh, I'm not suffering, alhamdulillah, because yeah. I took the advice of drinking plenty. I had this cold, which was my worry. Yeah. that I wouldn't be able to do the best mm-hmm. I could because of this cold. But alhamdulillah, I did go around, did mm-hmm. do well. And then I took in the night time a hot bath mm-hmm. with some salts in it. And then after that, sprayed myself down a cold shower, which was really hard. Wow. But I knew that, yes, it's supposed to be very well, very good and recommended for muscles, which really? it did work, alhamdulillah. Did so, yes, yeah. I didn't have the aches and pains like some wow. others had. Mm. Very inspirational. Thank mm. you. Yeah. yeah. So I learned that from my daughter who did a, a cycling challenge out in Spain and yeah. they were doing 50 kilometers a day really? cycling and uh, that was a big challenge up the mountains and mm-hmm. she was saying be prepared be, be sure you get a hot bath and then a cold bath but yeah. I couldn't actually get into a cold bath I was mm. I was a bit too weak for that so I just took the the shower and just showered myself down and just took a deep breath for a couple of minutes and, yeah. <laughs> and showered myself down in a cold shower yeah mm. Wow, yeah, excellent. So, which yeah. was good. Good. So any listeners that are tuned in today that um, would like to comment about what you were doing over the weekend. So maybe you were doing something special or you were on the Birmingham Marathon or you were running another marathon somewhere else or you were doing something different, even if you were not doing something and you were looking after your children or you've just discovered that you are pregnant or somewhere in pregnancy and you want to know about a red book that we're going to talk about this evening. Please do ring us in, and the number is 0121 That's 0121 Of course, you know already my name is Kathleen, and I'm with you here, and we're both with you here for the next hour, which goes really quickly, as we know, because mm-hmm. we've often shows before, and yeah. it goes really, really quickly um, in that time. And we love talking to people, actually, about their experiences and mm-hmm. sharing things on air. It's a great way of communicating yeah. and, and helping people, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, Alice, uh, before we go into the Red Book, how long have you been a health visitor? I've been a health visitor, Kathleen, since 2009. 
So it's nearly nine years. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what did you do before that? Pediatric nursing, school, oh. school nursing, pediatric nursing. So, lot of experience yeah. there. Yeah, and did a lot of complex care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked in A and E. Oh, as well. Oh, yeah, pediatric A and E. Oh, I don't know if I I like that because I was um, we as a nurse working in A and E indeed and. Um, well, I like midwifery that you don't know the different challenges. A and E, sometimes you really don't know what's coming. You through don't know door. what's coming through. Yeah, uh, and you it's really very stressful. You are on your toes. You, you are on your toes, and you just got to be ready. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one of the challenges that really kind of motivated me mm. into taking up that post. Oh, really? That mm. you wanted to be? You like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to know your personality. Yeah. You know, if that's is suitable or not for you. Yeah. And know what you like. Yeah. I suppose pediatric A&E is maybe a little bit different, is it, than, than ordinary A&E? Or? You don't get as many. Mm-hmm. So, and there's not, uh, but you do, it depends on the time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it can get busy. But you also have the doctors there and the GPs and stuff, and there's quite a a few of the nurses there so yeah we support each other mm-hmm. yeah so okay. it's excellent work yeah mm, it is it's it's hard going I remember being a nurse on call like this in the, in the hospital we used to take it in rotors in Ireland so mm-hmm. one hospital on call and mm-hmm. one not and when you're on call sometimes they there's not room to move mm. it is so packed and then you're putting people on stretcher beds and things mm. like this which Things haven't changed much because we still hear about the stretcher beds here in the UK. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <coughs> some areas, yes. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, yeah, but it's changing. changing. So. so then you moved into health visiting yeah. and now you are a manager. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your role now. So I manage um, mm. um, a team of 24 staff. Um, and I think if, when I've got a full team, it'll probably be about 26 um, majority of health visitors um, and we have support workers and we have team admins so um, yeah we've got we've just grown in an area that we cover mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's um, working well we've got um, a new service that we're providing so Birmingham <coughs> Forward Steps mm-hmm. um, and um, we're I think working with might have heard about that but not know what that is because it's uh, the big changes it's a big changes it's about and that could be another talk that we could talk about one of the mm-hmm. days but mm-hmm. it's um, just a quick overview that um, it's partnership between the children's centres um, and we've got the NSPCC and we've got um, the health visiting service and Spurgeons and two local children's centres and delivering a service for under fives and it's called Birmingham Forward Steps. So we've been commissioned to do that, yeah. Wonderful, and that's all across Birmingham, 10 all, districts. All through right? 10 districts, yeah. Currently, you would still have um, see your health visitor as you're linked with your GP, but it will be changing <coughs> soon, um, looking at June, July, when we're going to uh, move geographical. So dependent on what postcode you live in, you will see your health visitor according to your postcode. Okay, 
Okay, so that's going to be something new for people to get used to. Yeah. So all the more that we're talking about the Red Book today because these things will be maybe yeah. changing a little bit, coming from GPs mm. to where will I pick up this and yeah. things in the past. Uh, yeah, and I also think, now. Kathleen, that um, we get the Red Book. Mm. We um, give the Red Book out quite early on after the birth of the baby. But it's just having the time to go through it and mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't have the capacity or you don't have the time, you've got a newborn baby. And I think there's a lot of useful information because it's been reviewed over the past few years so many times and they're reviewing it again, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're looking at having one online. Oh, that Yeah, so that good. might be in the future. Um, but because it's updated so regularly, um, there's so much useful information in there that health visitors usually tend to go through it. Mm-hmm. But we're not sure about how useful it is at that point in time. Just having a new baby, mm-hmm. just under two weeks. So I thought just to start off, what the health visitors' role is, what the Royal Red Book is, and mm-hmm. just to go through a few of the sections. I think that would be really good indeed, yeah. <clears throat> because I, especially for first-time moms, they probably mightn't even have heard of it. Yeah, I'm wondering what is this Red Book? When yeah. am I going to get it? Who's going to give it to me? What's in there? Yeah, and I remember when I got it back got it the first time I had it for my first child I was quite good at filling yeah, it in yeah yeah and I health visitor made a comment oh aren't you good at this which yeah. was really lovely lovely to keep yeah but then uh, over the next few children yeah. that wore off and I yeah. didn't fill it in so probably yeah, that's quite really it. common that is really <laughs> common and uh, yeah when you had your second and third mm. child or oh, the red book we don't know where the red book is <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah so yeah that is really common and you do you do fill it in and you complete it and you take it with you everywhere mm. but yeah as you have more children yeah it becomes less common mm-hmm. yeah so can you explain a little book a bit about the the background of the red book and when people will get that okay the red book officially known as the personal um, child health record um, is a national standard and uh, for health and development and it give, uh, it's given to parents at the child's birth. So the health visitors usually go out just under 14 days, between 10 to 14 days, and they will ha- go through the red book and give it out to the parents. Um, so it's like a red wallet thing, and on the front it says, My Personal Child Health Record. There's a different one for girls and there's a different one for boys. Now, the reason for that is the girls' ones, the centile charts at the back, um, they will usually be uh, more framed towards the girls' And the boys' one is framed towards the boys because mm-hmm. boys tend to be heavier and their growth is slightly different. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the difference between the girls' centile charts and the boys' centile charts. Um, it's there to encourage partnership between early years practitioners and parents mm-hmm. and to empower parents um, to oversee the child's health and development. Mm-hmm. So early years practitioners, it could be when you have your GP appointment, when you have your when you, your nurseries, your health visitor always will complete it, the midwives input, um, children's centre staff. So it's really good practice to keep it with you and uh, they can review it and they can plot into it, they can write into it. Um the health visitor, just to touch on the health visitor's role in this, is that the health visitor um, can support you and your um, child up to the age of five. And we have five key contacts. So we start off with the um, antenatal contact, which is just after 28 weeks. Um, then we visit between the 10 to 14 days. Um, that's the new birth visit. And then when your baby is six to eight weeks old. Um, we review your child's development between 9 to 12 months and then review again at 2 and 2 and a half. Health visitors provide um, um, the Healthy Child Programme and um, 
there's different um, elements to the program. So there's universal and universal plus. So everyone is in the universal offer um, of the program, and um, which is the five contacted visits. Um, anything above becomes universal plus um, and um, universal partnership plus. So your health minister will discuss that with you when they um, uh, when they come out to do your new birth visit. So um, yeah, they will discuss the um, what offer they're providing you, and if they if you what additional support you need, and um, if they think you know you work with them to have a, a care plan in place. So I'm just going to start off. So I've got the red book here with me. So I'm going to go through right. the sectors and then. So um, right at the beginning when you've got your child um, red book, so I refer to it as a red book throughout it because that's and what we refer to. refer to as red as, book. Yeah, yeah. Doctors. And yeah, you will get everyone referring to it as red book. Okay. And parents, uh, you say to parents red book and they know what you're talking about. So I refer to it as red book rather than the parent child's record because then that might cause confusion. So right at the front beginning, there's child's family birth details and local information, uh, which is completed in the first few weeks of the baby being born. So there's assessments on breastfeeding, bottle feeding. Um, there's checklists on uh, all this. There's also um, when you have your baby's hearing checked in the hospital mm-hmm. and when they have the BCG um, and when the health visitor comes out, she does her assessment. So you've got all that in there. Mm-hmm. So that's the first section of the Red Book. Um, then we move on to the next section, which is information and advice. Now, we're going to go into a lot of this, so I'll just open it. So the first page on here, it's about safe sleep. Now, um, if you've had a baby recently or you've had a baby in the last few years, you've had a health visitor come out and we've talked about safe sleep. And this is to reduce the risk of sudden infant death syndrome. Okay, yes. Um, very, we need to be very yeah, careful of that. Yeah. That's on the rise, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so we always talk about encourage parents and what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to this, um, safe sleeping, right at the front, the first page of the Red Book, um, in the f- just behind the front cover, there's a do and don't. So there's little picture diagrams, Kathleen, okay. mm-hmm. um, which says this is how you place your baby, this is where you put your baby, and this is what you don't do. So I'll just touch on those rather than go through the checklist. Mm-hmm. So always place your baby on their back and sleep. Mm-hmm. Place your baby to sleep in a separate cot or Moses basket in the same room as you from six from, for the first six months. Breastfeed your baby if you can. Yeah. Um, the don'ts are never sleep on a sofa or armchair with your baby. Don't sleep in the same bed as your baby if you smoke, drink or take drugs. So we don't recommend sleep, co-sleeping at all, mm-hmm. um, but especially if you um, smoke, drink or take drugs. Um, keep your baby smoke-free during pregnancy and after birth. And don't cover your baby face or head. So, you know, we, when we wrap babies round and the blankets and we put little hats on and thinking where it's cold. Especially during that snow time yeah. there when it was really cold, people yeah. were thinking, oh, maybe my baby's a bit cold. Yeah. I'll wrap them up a little bit more. Yeah. That's not something recommended, of yeah. course. And if you decide to co-sleep with your baby, do discuss it with your midwife, your GP, your health visitor mm-hmm. and let them know so they can go through it with you and how and discuss it, how to make it safer. Okay. So there's also an assessment on there, so the health visitor can work with you on this, um, on the safe sleep assessment. So I'm moving on to the next page, which is Start for Life. So when you have a new baby, um, things change. 
and as a parent you get lots of questions and you don't have someone always uh, so as we as a society we're moving on for work purposes people are geographically moving around the country you don't have the same um support systems sometimes mm-hmm. that you usually would with your family um so if you need more information there's all lots of services available available and start for life is a government initiative and it's got lots of video clips practical advice and um people giving their own experiences so um both mom and dads can sign up and receive regular emails and videos and um they can also get sms messages which is excellent wow. and latest wow. things so you can sign up for start for life information for parents on www.nhs.uk/startforlife/pages um and forward/healthypregnancybabyadvice and there's lots of advice on there from having your baby from weaning immunizations breastfeeding so if you just want to recap oh what did my health minister say or what did my midwife say you can always go back and recap on that which is excellent um i'm going to move on now to um NHS choices um NHS choices is um a health website <coughs> providing information on all aspects of child and family health this includes being a new parent birth to five development immunizations healthy eating childhood illnesses and child safety there's also videos on this one as well and again this is www.nhs.uk um what we always reinforce to parents is who to call when there's an emergency mm-hmm. because sometimes you're not sure or oh, do I need to call an ambulance do I need to call um out of our doctor do I need to call um the NHS um what number do I need to call so there's lots of numbers that you call and it's all in the red book so do go through the red book and you can it's this easy to follow instructions on what you need to do or what you I won't go through all of it but there is quite you know there's a lot it's of information there's quite in depth there yeah. what you need to do so yeah. it's not just something to give to you to put in the drawer and things yeah. like that and take out at visits it's something that yeah. lots of information that parents should know yeah. about um and maybe they could actually either take a picture of those numbers and have them in the phone if they need it yeah. or have it somewhere yeah. up on the triple one yeah we always recommend triple one mm-hmm. and you've got advisors at the end of the line and they can always discuss things with you so that's one 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 yeah, one one so one. if you're in worried about anything you yeah. pick up the phone and ring that and the advisor and is that 24 hours that's 24 hours and that's really good service so if you need anything any medical help fast mm-hmm. but it's not a 99 emergency yeah um you don't know whether to call for medical help or you don't have the answers mm-hmm. <coughs> sorry or you think you need to go to A&E or mm-hmm. another NHS urgent care center or you require um health information or reassurance then you can call 111 and they can advise you okay mm-hmm. so that's good advice i mean if it's an emergency you mm-hmm. go straight away to either your A&E mm-hmm. or ring an ambulance straight mm-hmm. away so something that you're worried about the child's yeah. color or yeah. you think that they might have swallowed something yeah. or things like that or they yeah. have this rash that you don't know what it mm. is uh, they look they're very poorly in high temperature yeah. and things that they may be fitting and things like that these are all yeah. emergency cases yeah and i would also recommend if you've got um a family who's recently moved out from another country and they'd speak limited english mm. we do go out and we do discuss the emergency services 999 one but do let them know in conversations if you can speak the same language mm-hmm. just pop it do you know if there's an emergency this is a number yeah because it's a matter of life and death mm-hmm. they can save a life uh, if they're not sure 
um, you know, and it's amazing. We've been out to so many that they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know who to call in an emergency. Mm. So that's a shame, isn't it, that mm. we have uh, communities that you know don't know this, and they're they're with such great services <coughs> here, but they might n- never have known this because they might not be used to it in their own country. Mm. So to come here to know that mm. you have an online service like this, or you can talk, is there yeah. interpreters on on triple one? I'm sure they can arrange that as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're worried that it would be something too good to have indeed. Mm-hmm. So all this information of course if they ring beforehand yeah. it's all preparation isn't it? it? Is, yeah. It's like doing exams you mm-hmm. know if you fail to prepare you yeah. fa- prepare what's the saying? Fail to prepare prepare to fail. Prepare to fail. Yes yeah. and it's, it's, which is yeah. parenting is similar too. Mm-hmm. You need to prepare and think about mm-hmm. it and be thinking of okay what will I do if this happens? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a new country don't speak language or if you are a mom in the new country and sometimes you're alone in the house and your your husband does say speak but he's busy at work mm. and he might be able to get to you when you need him to get to you you need yeah. these you need these, these yeah these numbers at hand these numbers and everyone knows how to dial so they can dial mm. the numbers in an emergency and even if they just say this emergency because some countries they don't have an emergency system as in when an ambulance would come out they would actually drive Mm. Um, to the hospital themselves, so yeah. they w- so if you can imagine waiting for a taxi, if oh. dad's there, or if you're waiting for a car or a lift, mm-hmm. um, and that's postponing the medical need for that person or that child. And we do need to get this message across because we know that our families are suffering more than other families. Mm. So when it's talking about families that are maybe dying prematurely, things like that, and we look at the Muslim community statistics, Mm -hmm. we're quite high compared to the non-Muslim statistics. So I think it is some things like this, information, languages that we need to improve on Mm. to be able to get it there and uh, encourage our listeners to do so. Listeners, you're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5. We're on Parenting Hour. We're here with you until 6 o'clock. We're just coming up to a commercial break and we're talking about the Red Book this evening with our resident health visitor, Alice, who's often come in before to the studio and talk to us about different things. Now, you might not have known the importance of this Red Book, but if you want to ask us any questions about this or ask her any other questions, do ring in on 0121 as we go into this commercial commercial break. Join us afterwards, inshallah, with your questions. 